0: the feelings that we're having associated with whatever life experience that we're going through we're meant to live through we're meant to like go through that we have to go through it you're not going to feel the way you have to feel and your mind get to whatever justifications or emotions that you're going through without actually going through them and not numbing yourself
1: Hello, and thank you for joining me here on Hope to Recharge podcast, the podcast that's designed to break the stigma around mental health and to create some hope and inspiration and give some practical tips to those that are struggling with mental health, whether it's from personal stories to break the stigma or some advice from professionals in the mental health community, whether you are struggling with mental health on your own, or you know a loved one that is struggling, we are here to support you and to create a community so you know you are not alone. The road to recovery can be difficult and challenging. At Hope to Recharge, we believe that in mental health, together is always better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for joining me here today. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Are you looking for online therapy? Are you stuck at home like everyone else? High stress, high anxiety, worried about the future, trying to navigate everything, have a lot of worries, have a lot of emotional roller coaster rides up and down, just like me. BetterHelp.com is one phone call away, one Zoom call away, one text away. It's an online platform for therapy. It's so perfect for now, for coronavirus, for what people are going through now. We can reach out and get the perfect therapist that meets our needs. Don't wait. Check them out. See if you can find somebody. Don't struggle. They're so affordable. They are so affordable. You're sitting at home. Every therapist is working online now. Reach out and get help you need. If you are struggling, don't struggle in silence. I am so grateful that they are giving us 10% off the first month so you can get affordable access to therapy. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge, start your wellness, get help, get support you need. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? How are we doing in the month discussing grief? It's not an easy topic to discuss. It's really not easy. And I must tell you that every person that I'm interviewing, I feel like I'm going through my internal work. I want to use a harsh word, but I'm not going to use it um, because words really have power. But I want to say some kind of like internal surgery to walk through these stories and they're difficult stories, they're difficult conversations, there's a lot of pain and to ask questions that are, we don't know as an, as somebody that's interviewing, I never know. If the question I'm about to ask might set them back in their recovery or bring a tremendous amount of sadness upon them. So it's really exhausting and, and stressful and hard, but yet so rewarding to have these conversations. And in this conversation that I'm about to share with you, this episode is with a lovely lady that I've never met in person, even though she lives less than five minutes away from me in New York. I heard of her a few months ago, even though the story was everywhere in the community. I know you all know I don't read newspapers, I don't listen to the news, I don't know what's going on around me, I'm very much in my bubble and my whatever I need in order to survive, I, I try to avoid a lot of drama in my life, if possible, that keeps my sanity, I was not aware of the story that happened in my neighborhood, literally in my neighborhood, and everybody was talking about it, but I didn't know about it, about a year and a few months ago, March, I think, is a year, so last this past March, when COVID started, March marks a year, to the loss of this lovely lady that I read her article she reads she writes her article every week in the local newspaper her her business is called Kiss the Kosher Cook she's all about cooking and demonstrating stuff and creating stuff and it's all about food her name her real name is Malky Hirsch her maiden name is Gordon Malky Gordon Hirsch lovely lady has 5 children she's a hard working lady shows up to life big time. And when I read her story, I didn't read her full story. I just read her article. I didn't really know the full story. I reached out to her right away on Instagram and I said, you inspire me. You really inspire me. I don't know a lot about you, but I just read an article and I I can't believe your courage. And we started talking and back and forth and back and forth. And before holidays, I would just wish her a happy holiday and check in on her she has five children. Her youngest is like two and a half or something like that. After back and forth and back and forth, I said, would you want to share your story on my podcast and inspire? Uh, oh, this is what it was. I asked her, I was doing an episode on gratitude, an attitude of gratitude way back when we still had an attitude of gratitude and hope to recharge. And I reached out to her and I was an attitude of gratitude during COVID. And a lot of grief was going on in the beginning, Mar- March and April. A lot of people were losing loved ones without, without saying goodbye. It was like an awful time in the world. And I was doing Attitude of Gratitude. And I was like, we've we been afraid to say that we're allowed to be grateful because I felt like it was insensitive. And I reached out to her and I'm like, can grief live with gratitude? And her answer was so refreshing. And she said something to the affective not only does it live with gratitude it goes to a, gratitude goes to a new level when we grieve and i'm like what she's like yeah you suddenly notice all the gifts that you didn't realize beforehand you start really being grateful for everything you took for granted and we had a long conversation chat and then i said would you are you willing to come on my podcast and she was so gracious She's like sure let's do it and it was a powerful conversation i wanted to hear how did she so quickly just pick herself up from being broken into a million pieces show up for her kids every day there's a lot of tears in this podcast in this episode there's a lot of raw there's a lot of hope there's a little a lot of sadness. There's a lot of advice and it's a really inspiring story. She's a phenomenal, phenomenal human being. Phenomenal. It starts off, we're starting off, we're going to go straight into her describing her pain. I took out a little bit of the beginning because it was a little bit too overwhelming. It's going to go straight into part of her story of how she picked herself up, but in short, her husband went to work one day. Her husband ran, either ran or was a big part of a computer company, of technology company. It was like a technology genius. And he went to work. He came home late the night before from a wedding, went to work early that morning and the next thing she knows, she gets a call from from the local Jewish Hatzala, which is the 911 for our community, saying to her that her husband collapsed. And she's like, okay, I'm going to come to work and see him. And they're like, no, no, there's not. he basically saying that he's no longer alive. And, and the process of, of, of coming to terms with the fact that her five little ones will never see her husband again. She will never be able to talk to her husband again. And all awful, awful feeling of not really saying goodbye. All the thoughts, all the regrets, all the whys, the thousand times questions, but wait, how did this happen? What did I say last? What did I do last? Who saw him? Could I have prevented it? All these questions. And we go into the unraveling of grief and and walking through grief and how she got up and still every morning gets up, even though she is in tremendous pain still, the tremendous loss, the loss never goes away, but how it changes shapes, how she deals with it when her kids are not dealing well with it, or they are dealing with, with well with it, different milestones in life that her husband will not be there. She's so young, so, so young. Anyway, I'm excited to introduce to you this incredible woman, Malky Hirsch. Take a deep breath. Be calm, make sure this is the right time to hear it, that you can really take it in. You'll be inspired beyond from this woman. Hope this episode is helpful. If you know someone that lost a loved one, a partner, a husband, a wife, that needs some inspiration, needs some strength, needs some together is better kind of support, that they're not alone, Share this episode with them. You might bring hope to someone's life or even some tears or even some empathy to somebody's life. Thank you for sharing this with them.
0: Your mind and your body and your heart do something to protect yourself because you can't go there. You just can't go there. We go to my sister in law's house and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. They finally have my mother in law's friend tell us the news. Yeah. I mean, initially it's shock. And what takes over is incredible. It's actually it's it's like the last thing that I expected because I've always described myself as somebody because he was so strong and he knew he knew how to take care of everything. And I was his partner, but like I just took his lead. Never did I ever have to think that I would be the one that had to like do a b c d, like methodical, do this this. So I start making phone calls and I start checking on the kids whereabouts and the school found out and we go back and I have social workers in my house and I have my family members in my house and I have to go into a room and I have to tell my kids, how do you tell your kids? How do you tell your kids? Wait, wait, one second. Pause.
1: I'm processing. I can't breathe. Like I wish I brought water with me because like I really cannot
0: breathe right now. Yeah. Wow. But it's all happening. And you're, you're being carried along with it because at this point, it doesn't really process. You're not really processing the news the way you would process, I'm hungry, I want to eat something, right? Yeah. When yeah. you are given news that is so much bigger than your life and your world, how can you take it all in immediately? The answer is you can't. Mm. It's like slowly, bit by bit. You know, really, in the beginning, it's minute to minute. It's not even day to day. People are like, oh, d- take it day by day. No, it's literally minute to minute because otherwise you can go crazy. You can literally go crazy, you know. So I tell my kids we have plans for the Leviah. I'm um, yesing. What? The funeral. The funeral. <laughs> um, exactly, the funeral. All this stuff is so funny because it's happening in real time, but it feels like slow motion. It's so weird, right. you know? It's yeah. so crazy. How things could happen quickly, but like also slowly. It's like such yeah. such a, such a right. weird thing, you know? Yeah. Every single moment of the day of the funeral, I remember the feelings that I had, the you know, sitting the morning period, sitting Shiva for the week, the everything. It's it's all like It's like ingrained in your head, in your heart forever for, for life. You know, Mm -hmm. it's only been a year, which is relatively little time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't even know if 10 years pass, if it would feel any different. I think it'll always be so, so fresh, so fresh, you know? (laughs) And I wonder if it's because of the way it happened. I don't know. You know, it was really intense in the beginning. I had a lot of people here. My parents. It's so crazy to say this out loud. It was really the first tragedy we've ever been through in my family. Take away from having my grandparents die in their nineties, which right. personally I don't really think is a tragedy. Right. when Your grandparents are ninety.
1: That's life. Part of life. life is death
0: at in the end. at forty. Right. That's a tragedy. Right. So right. it was a it was a collective of my family, my siblings, my friends my support system getting together and trying to figure out literally day to day, what are we going to do? How are we going to help her? How are we going to make sure she's okay? Because my, she was a quiet guy, but like, he like had it down, you know, he took care of everything. He was the lead. He was the lead. And I liked following. I've always been a follower, which is ironic for people to hear because I'm so at this point, out right. there, you know, with right. a lot of things, but they don't know this about me. I'm right. very much a follower, and I like the right. lead from somebody else. Right. I like being a team player. I don't want to be the, the leader, right. ever. Right.
1: You like to be nurtured. You like somebody taking care of Who you. Doesn't? You Like, no, right? To. Some people don't. No, no, right. But you like yeah. being the the role of I'm being pampered. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm being I'm pampered, taken care woman. of. I don't have to worry about. Not bills the builder, right not, not the bills not, not, not the, the technical tester, stuff I, totally the, totally you know? totally <laughs> you know? yes Yeah. there was a lot
0: to learn there was a lot to learn first of all there was a lot to take care of for my own well-being my own emotional mental well-being mm-hmm. taking care of my kids and making sure they're okay i mean i mean I how had, right right how? how it's so crazy because it's so fu- i mean not funny but it's just like I would hear stories from other people and I'd be like, oh, that's so unfortunate. He was so young, but it was never going to be me. It was never going to be my husband. It was right. never going to be my kids. That's <sighs> too close to home. It's too much, right. too much. There right. we were in a lot of nights and there was a lot of weeks that my kids would be crying in their beds. And it was just, it's just the most painful thing. Oh. You could take care of your own disappointment and your own sadness mm-hmm. as an adult because you You've dealt with heartbreak, and you've dealt with with things in your life that you're you're okay doing because you're an adult, and you've been through that kind of emotion. How can you expect? How, how can you expect a twelve year old, eleven year old boy, whose closest person in his entire world was his father, and tell him he'll never see him again?
1: There's how no greater you know pain it? than seeing your kids in pain. No greater pain.
0: Nothing. No, it doesn't exist. Wow it doesn't. So I had all ages. I had 11 and I had 10 and I had eight and I had six, five. He was five actually. I had two birthdays during Shiva. My poor eight-year-old, all he wanted was a birthday party. (laughs) And I sat there the day after we got up from Shiva and he set out marble plates and he asked my friend to go get an ice cream cake from Carmel because all he wanted was a birthday and i was a zombie and i sat there on the couch watching him and i was like call some neighbors over and these boys sat at the table sat at the table they were really uncomfortable because i knew what happened but they would not get up and leave and we say happy birthday and we served him cake because that's what he needed because he's eight Uh every age is different and every age is going to react differently to the passing of a parent you know he Uh he only has the fondest memories of my husband he laughs about things that Tati did with him, but my 11 and 10 year olds would cry right. so hard all night.
1: Right. And you have then no asked, answers, right? No answers. What There's answers? Nothing. You just say what cry. You? You're right. And you're crying with them. And, you're, and you're, you want to just throw up with them like, and just say, yeah, it's awful.
0: It is. That's the only thing you could do. For the first time in my my adulthood, for the first time being a parent, I couldn't say to my my son, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to make this better. I have the answer because I'm an adult and I can do that.
1: Because I'm your mom
0: and I'm supposed to take care of you. I'm your mom and I've done this before and I've I've lived this before and I've done... No. For the first time in my life, I couldn't even fake it. I couldn't even say... I couldn't even make it up. I, I would just say to him, this sucks yeah nothing else to say i don't have any other things to tell you i wish i could it better but i can't i wish i could tell you when it's going to feel better for us but i can't i don't know i don't know
1: was there anything that did give you a little bit like a little bit of room to breathe like was it only medication was it only like a valium take a valium that you can actually numb the pain because it's like it's like having open heart surgery without without Oh um, yeah. Sure. Anesthesia.
0: Yeah. It's just like that. Okay. So it's very funny because once in a while <laughs> I'll open my bedside, my bedside table drawer where yeah. I legitimately have a pharmacy and mm-hmm. I look at all the things that I never took because mm-hmm. a woman named Zahafa Fardman who w- works for High Lifeline and she is a bereaving counselor. And when you see her in your house, you know, things are bad. And so mm-hmm. when I saw her very white blonde wig bopping uh-huh. up, she's yeah. very te- in my living room, when I walked into the house, I knew that it was serious. I knew that they were just, I thought maybe at, on the way home from Brooklyn, I was like, oh, it must have been, they, they were misunder- they, they misunderstood. I still, to this day, think sometimes that like my, she's going to walk in and be like, psych. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, sure. oh my God, you won't even believe what happened to me. And I'd be like, I'm going to kill you now. Like no. Right. Gonna- <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> but it's not like that. Hey, even today, my boys, they're very techie. Because they are their father's boys, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, we're doing a factory restore on on, on Tati's phones," and I was like, "Are you going to save the pictures?" The only reason I didn't like, you know, right write phone is because of the pictures. Like, it's you know, so I was like, "I have it all figured out." I went on to YouTube. I figured it out. You know, did my they really? Month. Yeah, I have no idea what they did, but they did something. You know.
1: Wow.
0: So, for a moment, for like this fleeting moment. <laughs> In my head I thought to myself, don't touch Tati's phones, he's gonna need them. Right. Because even a year later, I think to myself, sometimes even he's still on my phone. I still have him in my phone. And sometimes I'll just press the number to see what happens and it goes to my goodness.
1: Monty, (laughs) I I have no words. Like no words. Yeah. Wow. I I have a thousand questions. A thousand. Maybe a million. Maybe a million. But well, gonna,
0: on, the, on the medication, okay. So Sahava, Sahava yeah. sat me down.
1: Wait, she, this was the day of, of the day after of the day
0: after the day of the yeah. funeral. No, actually, no, no. You know what? It, it was the day before the funeral. It was the day that he died. She sat me down after everybody was gone. Everybody left for the day. You know, my mother was staying with me. She went upstairs, and Sahaba said, "You're gonna get a lot of medication prescribed to you." People are going to tell you that you should take something because you can't feel the pain that isn't necessary to feel to get through this, but I'm telling you you have to walk through it you can't go around it you can't go under you have to walk through the pain if you don't go through this pain right now, it's going to resurface at a different time. you have to go through it and feel all these feelings don't numb it don't be afraid of it walk through it what wise words? and feel it feel all of it because if you don't feel it now you're gonna feel it another time and it's not going to be the right time now is the right time i figured she knows what she's talking about she does this every day so i did it i decided i wasn't going to take anything i took cbd Mm -hmm. (laughs) i took and did
1: you sleep at night for the first month or two like what did you do
0: So I would take I would take CBT that would actually calm me down. I was able to sleep every morning. You know, people are people are comparing this whole pandemic to Groundhog's Day. They wake up every morning and they, they think to themselves, "Is it over? Are we done? Right, <laughs> Is it back right. to normal? Are we back to our life? That's right. what it feels like. That's what it feels like every morning. Every morning when wow. I woke up in the beginning, I would think, "Oh my God, that was a horrible nightmare." And then I'd realize during the week of Shiva, when I would hear them talk the chakras and I'd hear my boys saying, Kaddish, I would realize that it wasn't a nightmare. It was actually real life. It was real life. It is, it's, this, it's the saddest, it's the saddest reminder that that nightmare you thought you were living through yeah. is actually real. I... It's really, it's a really hard thing to do. My sleep was obviously very, you know, it wasn't great. And I would take Advil PM. I would take, you know, but like over the counter, nothing crazy. And I would say that was probably the best piece of advice um, that anybody gave me. Yeah, because the feelings that we're having associated with whatever life experience that we're going through, we're meant to live through. We're meant to like go through that. We have to go through it. You're not going to feel the way you have to feel, and your mind get to whatever justifications or emotions that you're going through without actually. Going through them and not numbing yourself. I so you did. never took
1: them? No. Never.
0: never.
1: Never. But let me ask you this. You're very yeah. strong. Obviously, you're super strong looking at you like you're super strong. You're determined. You make up your mind. You, you set stubborn. your mind to something. No. Yeah, <laughs> there. You could see like you make your mind up on something and you're doing it by hook yeah. or by crook. Like you have to put on makeup in the morning, even when you're grieving, you're going to do Always. it. Yes, yes,
0: right. yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be dressed nicely. I'm going to be put together, even though it sucks. And even though I want to be in my sweats and even though yes. I'd rather be in my bed under the covers, but I'm a yes. mom of five, I'm going to get up, I'm going to put on makeup. I'm going to try to put my smile on if I have a smile that day and right. I'm going to do the best I can. So that's yeah. your outlook. But yes. do you believe that some people just can actually fall apart mentally and never return if? they don't pause that pain a little bit and
0: then take time to process? Oh, for sure. I absolutely think that. I don't think, and I don't know this for certain. I don't know if I am out of the ordinary. I don't know if I, because I have this determination and I think to myself, when I walk down the street and people are looking at me like this, I'm going to have a full face of makeup on. I'm gonna have my wig on. I'm gonna have my clothes on, and they're gonna be like, "Wait, she doesn't look a widow. Why does she look so good?" Because I'm telling you right now, you're not gonna pity me.
1: You said that to me, by the way, and I questioned
0: that. <laughs> yeah. I questioned that a lot. What
1: do I mean? wanna, I, I wanna understand that. I wanna, I really wanna understand that because I wanna understand what it means to you to be strong and say you're not gonna pity me. Now, no one wants to be pitied. No, no one per- wants to be the the person I, mean, I don't know people,
0: if nobody wants to be pitied I think some people actually crave it they like it but then but then they don't move
1: they don't want to be pity and then move on they want to be stuck in the in the victim mode but I'm saying people that want to move on make a life yeah. and not be yeah. in the victim yeah. I call it the victim mode like yeah. uh, life did me wrong God did me wrong people yeah. did me wrong you know yeah. So, people that don't want to be a victim and they want to move on in life, what does pity mean for you versus empathy? What's the difference between pity, empathy, sympathy, care? Can you explain that to me? Because I, I, I want to understand.
0: Empathy is being able to put yourself in somebody else's you know, feeling and feeling the way they feel, trying however you could to help them, however you could. Like, for example, um, I have tremendous empathy. For people that are going through what I'm going through now, I never had empathy before. Not you couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. You, really, you, you never, you never understood, understood what it was. course not? I last week I was re- I, Somebody reached out to me. A woman that lost her husband very suddenly, very much like I did. Um, you find yourself as a widow, as a male loses a spouse, <sighs> reaching out obsessively to people that have been through what you're through because they are now an example of your future success of your future, getting through it. Like people came to be menachem. People came to like during the morning period to like come and like give their, um, condolences. condolences. And she, uh, somebody sat down next to me and said, my husband passed five years ago. I got remarried. I had a child. My kids are happy. We are healthy. We are good. And I look at her and say, Oh my God, like you, you're okay now. Like you got, you got through it. And she'd be like, yeah, Or whatever it is, whatever the case may be. It could be my husband had a car accident and I got a call at work and I thought I was gonna fall apart, but we're still here and we're happy and my kids are good and everybody's doing well. And my son's a doctor and he lost his father when he was 10. And then I think about my 10 year olds and I say, oh my gosh, you mean my my kids could have a future? They can have a successful future. They could be happy. They can get married. They can have children of their own and they can think back about their father. With the best memories and not be sad and broken apart, uh-huh. they don't have to be victims for life. They can uh-huh. be happy. So it's hope. It's, it's hope. Your, it's, it's hope. It's hope. That empathy, that part of that, that's something that like I learned because I was sort of on the job training. Like, okay, okay. pity is looking at somebody and saying, "Poor them." I'm so thankful I am not them.
1: I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. What do you
0: think? What do you think?
1: Pity I is? don't think people say that. Oh my God! You think people are saying I'm so grateful I'm not them?
0: Of course they are.
1: Oh I, my God! Don't you think you said it when you'd heard a, a tragedy happen, and, and you? Think I did saying- say, uh, no, it was never. I'm so grateful I'm not them. I'll tell you what it is. What I think when mm-hmm. someone tells me about a tragedy, and, and 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 you could totally disagree with me, but I want to uh-huh. understand it because I know that it's something that's so important, and I want to understand what people. Me to hear during grief because people say the stupidest thing. And I sometimes uh-huh. say stupid things and I want to know what not to say. I yes. want to know what, what is the right thing. And I want people to understand what is the right thing to say because yes. I don't know. I want to learn from you. And this is what sure. I want to understand. So when I hear of a tragedy, first of all, my stomach goes into a knot and I feel like numb and my heart breaks. Literally, my heart feels like like but nothing compared to the person that it happened to but you you just feel some kind of a physical mm-hmm. pain mm-hmm. and then you just go into this shock and like for me it's like why why do why do terrible things happen in this world and i go into this like very dark place of like how does god do this i question god a lot and when I, let's say in your case um i would I, I would probably the next time i needed my husband for something I would say then, wow, not everybody has this. I better take advantage and be grateful for every moment. And when I get upset at him, when I get upset, forgive. Don't go to sleep upset because like I would learn from it. Matana, you might not see him tomorrow. Don't go oh, to sure. sleep I
0: upset. Message me that stuff.
1: Yeah. But but don't be upset I, at him. No. Forgive him. No. Understand him. Everybody's human. Love now because you ne- might never love again. Right. Right. But gra- But at the moment when I hear, I don't think gratitude would come at the moment.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, oh, maybe I'm naive. Definitely not gratitude. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, I wrote something called the Words left unsaid. That's really one of the things that really just, it affected me so deeply. <laughs> right. Imagine, imagine like oh. saying the most mundane, ordinary thing and not even remembering really what it was, right. because it wasn't, I love you, or it wasn't, thank you so much for working so hard for your family. We appreciate right. you. It was, right. bye, right. have a good day, or I don't even know, turn the light off before you leave the room. Right. <laughs> right. It was five o'clock in the morning. I don't right. know what I said. I don't know if right. I said anything. Right. You know, whatever it was, it wasn't as meaningful as it should have been. It wasn't as meaningful because I didn't know because right. I'm not a prophet and I had no idea right. what was going Right. You can't live your life like that. That is something that I'll regret for my life forever, forever. It wasn't, there was life. no way for you to know.
1: Of course not. Cause course life not. teaches us through the hard way. Unfortunately, so Unl- I- unless you would have a mentor that lost a, a husband that would say to you, Mark, listen, I love you dearly. I'm your mentor. I want the best when they get, when you get married, they would say to you, like, remember to have nice words before you go to sleep, even if you're fighting, make of sure course. you kiss them goodbye before they leave. But even, even if you have a mentor, when life comes, it's really hard to remember.
0: It's true. So I had people after I wrote that, they reached out to me and they were like, I tell my husband every single night before I go to sleep now, how much he means to me wow. or when he really pisses me off, I won't react. Right. <laughs> And that's I'm like, amazing. my God! Look what I'm doing! Yes, yes. At an, at an expense, but still, I'm happy that at least I'm making a difference. It could just be me losing my husband and just like wallowing away in self pity forever, right. you know, and not teaching people a lesson, you know. So that's yes. great. I'm happy about that. Actually, I just wish
1: um, I yeah. Sorry, you wish what you that you I just
0: wish I didn't have to. It wasn't this at this uh, this cost.
1: You wish you didn't have to be the teacher. No, exactly. Yeah. David Kessler, he writes the book on finding meaning, the sixth level of grief. And he calls it finding meaning and basically describes what you just described. No one's going to want, no one's going to find gratitude in the death. No one. There is in the actual losing a loved one, there is no gratitude. But you can find meaning and you can find the next stage. True in order to be able to heal and to find purpose in the extreme excruciating pain.
0: It's true. Um, Option B is a book that is a very common you know, <laughs> gift mm-hmm. <laughs> after one loses a spouse or a parent mm-hmm. or a sibling, whoever, any loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheryl Sandberg is CEO of Facebook and lost her husband very mm-hmm. suddenly. And she wrote this book with a friend of hers who, um, I think he's a doctor, a therapist, PhD, something like that. And he told her after she was like, you know, crying or, you know, upset about whatever, this is something that's sort of just like grief comes in waves, you know, it's not, doesn't have any order. Right. It doesn't have a start or a finish. It just crashes. And it, right. Like you have to brace yourself for that, you know? Anyway, she was in the middle of one of her episodes and her friend said to her, you have to learn how to look for the blessings in this tragedy. (sighs) And she was like, what blessing could I look for? Tell me how there is a blessing to look for when my husband drops dead on a elliptical and I have to tell my children that their father is dead. Tell me. So he said, how about if he had a heart attack behind the wheel and your kids were in the car with him? How about that? And I think to myself, you know what? I'm so thankful that the death of my husband didn't happen in my house. Cause God knows if I could even ever be here again after that, I'm thankful it didn't happen on the road. He got to work and was at his desk. God knows if he had an accident and involved other people in it. There are so many different things that you could like be thankful for. And so, what I started doing with my kids—I oh
1: can't, I can't, I can't—I'm like crying. Like, how can someone have? I feel like that should come after years and years and years and years and years of healing.
0: Right. I mean, I do everything very fast forward. You know. Oh God. <laughs> you know what's so crazy? I was so desperate in the beginning to feel better because I'm such a. And I don't know if like, I'm different than anybody else, but I'm such a feeling person. I've got a lot of feeling. I've got a lot of emotion. I'm a very highly emotionally charged person. So I feel everything that I feel it a lot. I'm not ever like everything is just highly charged. And I just wanted to know how to feel better. Is there a manual? Is there like a ABCD? Is there something like, is there something I could do? <laughs> and it's just, it's time. It's really just time. And it could be sometimes, some days could be like, like a year you know, and you think to yourself, I'm not going to get through this, huh. but then you do. And then you're like, so thankful. So I started practicing this thing with my kids and I did it very early on, which is crazy, but it made me feel better too. I go to my son's bed. I say like, I know this is like the worst situation to be in. And I totally get it. I don't even know how you feel. Cause I still have my father. I don't even know how wow. you feel. Wow. I need you to list three things that you're thankful for today. And it could be tiny, whatever it is, say it now and think about it. Okay. and look old looked they? Those 11, 10, 8, and 5. I didn't ask the 5-year-old. The baby was a baby. She right. was 1. Don't right. so forget that. But the two older ones, and they would think about it, and it would, like, really, like, permeate them. Like, I, I could see it. I could see, like, them thinking, you know? And I'd be like, and it could be it could be something, like, I'm so thankful that I was able to sleep all night. That's big. That's huge. Yeah. It is huge. Uh, and you know
1: what? It's huge. It, no, but I'm saying that's a big gratitude. You're saying it like it's small. It's huge. I would say like, I am grateful that I, that I swallowed. Like that would be the furthest I can get. I'm grateful for my lollipop. Like I wouldn't even be able to get further than that.
0: Right, right, right. It's true. Everybody has something different. Everybody, everybody has, when, when they're living with grief, when they're going through something, Everybody's process, everybody's recovery, everybody's healing is going to look different. Right. It's, and it's going to take different amounts of time. You know, like right. I talk about things that people that lost their husbands 10 years ago aren't talking about. Maybe it's a therapy that I did. Maybe it's the journaling that I did. Maybe it's the talking that I did. Maybe it's because my kids are so cool and they're awesome that they made me feel like, oh my God, we're going to be okay. Wow. When I'd pass the hallway at night and they'd be sleeping, soundly sleeping. And they wouldn't wake up all the night and come to my bed and say, mommy, I miss Tati. Do you know how encouraging that is? Yeah. To realize that like, oh my gosh, we could get through this. Like we're going to be okay. We can do this.
1: Wow. Yeah. And was there ever a time that they said, I don't want to be grateful now. I don't like, mommy, leave me alone. I don't want to be grateful. I want to be angry now. I want to be upset. Leave me alone.
0: I have stupid gratitude. My kids didn't really ever, my kids were never upset, but there were times like early morning that my son would come into the room months after, six, eight, nine months after, and we'd be fine and everything would be good. And then he'd be like, just, it would happen out of the blue. He would just break down and say, I really miss him today. I really miss him today. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, I miss him too. Yeah. I can't make it better. Right. You could talk to him. He hears you. You could write, and he's going to see it. It's just not the same relationship it once was. That's it. He's here.
1: And do they find it healing that you cry with them, or do they? you think that they hold back that they don't want to see mommy cry?
0: I think crying has totally Changed like the meeting that it once was in our house. Mm-hmm. It used to be very taboo, like, what's happening? Mommy's crying.
1: Right.
0: And then all of a sudden, it's like sort of like commonplace. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're going to give her a little space now. <laughs> it's going to pass right. because I don't always do this. You right. know, right. I don't. I really try. Right. I try to limit my time like this. I really do find that their recovery was so much quicker. Because I always, I'm always smiling with them. I'm always happy around them. Wow. And that to them is a security blanket. It yes. makes them think we're going to be fine. Mommy's mm-hmm. got it. She's got it. Right. She got it, you know, right. even if I don't believe in myself, Right. I'm an adult, so I have to like even fake getting it.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. When they're, but when they're not okay, you're okay to cry with them because they feel not alone. So Absolutely. it's a fine line, even if you're broken that morning and you feel like, yeah. oh my God, like someone take over as a mommy. Yeah. I don't want to be a mommy today. I just yeah. want to be in bed. Leave me alone. But you said, yeah. no, Malki, get up. Yeah. You need to always. be both parents today. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Always. I The thing is that really drives me more than anything else is that, I mean, there's always, I think moms always have guilt, right? right. So I feel particularly guilty because now they're down a parent, Right. And I feel like I owe it to them and the success of their whole being, their childhood, the happiness that they should have because being a kid is supposed to be such an awesome part of life, you know, right, such an right. awesome part of life. Right. And they are now officially missing the carefree. Now right. they had a fast track into adulthood, Adult, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's not there. Right. And I want to make it as easy in this realm as I possibly can. So yeah. when I feel like today, I just want to like hide under the covers and just watch Netflix all day. And then I say to myself, no Monkey, it's not going to happen today. Today we have to get up, got to make them breakfast. We have to make sure they're taken care of. And then like, you know, there are times during the day when the kids are on Zoom classes or when they were in school still, I'd have time off. I schedule it. I schedule times for myself. So you do do that. You do give yourself
1: pampering and time of course, of course. and
0: massages
1: and no Absolutely. phone calls. I would, and no- have,
0: I would have, when they were still in school, I'd have moments where I would park in the driveway. It could be on the way back from grocery store or errands or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would just, this was my spot. I don't know why this was my spot. I'd sit in a car in park with some music on and I would just mm-hmm. let myself cry. Cry. Just cry. Yeah. It's there's nothing like a good cry nothing, yes. nothing. Yes. It empties you out. Right. It makes you feel like you're able to recharge and do what you need to do. Yeah, it, It's necessary. You need it. You need to yeah. do it. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a release. You need it. Yeah. So for me, it was always very important and I would schedule it. I would make sure to have time to do that. I knew when it was coming, it was never like I lost control and I had to like run to the room. I don't do things like that. They're planned. They're right. planned.
1: That's right. it do you ever have fear that you're going to regress do you have fear or you just move forward you're not thinking what if you don't have the what if no.
0: no no
1: never no oh,
0: wow. i don't i don't because because i know because i see who i am today and i see the things that i've the gifts that have been given to me because of this and i think to myself oh there's just so much and i think also because of what happened with my husband I have such a newfound gratitude in life, in life. When somebody dies as young as he did, yeah, you can think to yourself, well, screw this. This is not fair. I don't believe in God. He doesn't exist. Right. Like my kids could just fend for themselves. I'm done. Right. I give up. Right. Or you could say, oh my God, every single day a gift. is a blessing. Every single day that I wake up is a gift every day. You don't take it for granted ever. That's a slap in his face. No. Wow. But why? What do you do with the
1: question? Why me? I'm a good person. I did, I did nothing lot. wrong.
0: I did like a lot in the beginning. I did a lot of why me in the beginning. <laughs> I would ask everybody that I passed why me? Why yeah. us? We're good people. Right. We we gave charity. We we were good people. We had Shabbos guests. We right. opened our home. <laughs> we did everything right. Why me? Why me? And I think to myself, God obviously knew who could handle this. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize that I was, there was an amazing, who was it? It was um, Rabbi Axelrod, young Israel Woodmere. Do you know who he is? Yeah. Oh my God. He spoke at a bar mitzvah of my son's classmate. It was three weeks after, unfortunately, his, his boy's grandfather got hit by a car and died. This man was teaching his... Grandson, his parents for parsha, yeah, ends up getting hit by a car, dying. This kid, three weeks after hearing that his grandfather, who was such a close role model, grandfather, parent, every, he was everything to this kid. Got up and made, and, and he recited the whole parsha. And Rabbi Axelrod spoke about how um, you know people think random things happen to random people, you know, and. Then you think to yourself, how am I going to do this? God knows exactly what he's doing and who he's telling, you know, this is going to happen to you and you, you, and you think that I, you think that you're going to fall apart. I'm telling you right now, I know you could handle this. Mm-hmm. This is not like some, you know, evolution accent thing. I'm telling you right now, you're going to get through this because I'm telling you, you could do it. Me giving you this, this test is testament that you could do it. I... You're going to do it. So we're speaking about like this boy, how he achieved the impossible. He got up, said that whole Parsha, start to finish beautifully in his grandfather's memory. Wow. He didn't break down one time. Wow. That a 13 year old boy, that to me displays that. Yes. Yes. God is in charge and he knows what he's doing. He knows who he's giving, what he's giving to each person. He knows what we can handle. We don't know what we can handle. He knows I guess you're a
1: very, very, <laughs>
0: very <laughs> faithful person. I don't know.
1: Like it, you came to it way, like so fast. And like, I it's feel like- It's the only like, thing
0: that you have. It's the only it, thing that you have. Is, this, it
1: courage? is it like part of hope and courage? And like, is it a comforting part of it also? Like there has to faith. be a bigger picture. Yeah, for you, is it a faith comfort? Is
0: faith is huge. And faith is like one of those things that even what's her face in um, Charles Sandberg and Option B list as one of the things that's going to get you through like a real loss, right. um, a support system, um, writing down your feelings and journaling is really big. You wouldn't think how yeah. big it was, but it really is because it actually, it enables you to read how you're feeling. And you don't even know, cause your mind sometimes races so quickly. You're just like, yeah. you know, they, the, the thoughts just are fleeting when right. you're able to sit there and write it and then read it back. You're like, Oh my God. And I read the things that I wrote early on. And I think to myself, Oh my God, I've come really far. Like, um, wow.
1: yeah, it's amazing. It's rewarding. It's, re- it's yeah. And they give strength. They're like, oh, what's going to be yes. in, in two years? And yes. then five years, look how far yeah. I'm going to come. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. So yes, one of those things is um, faith. If you are a religious person and have a belief in God and have faith that he's going to carry you through the hardest time of your life and mm-hmm. that it's not all on you, it's, it's such a comfort. It's such a comfort that you're not the one at the wheel. Like it's not you. Like you can rely on somebody else. Like I rely on my husband. I can rely on God. You know?
1: Okay. That's beautiful. beautiful. It's such, um, I feel like that these words are going to give so much comfort for anyone that's going through a very dark time. A lot of my audiences, like they really struggle with mental health, deep depression, that they can have everything but feel nothing. Like feel empty, depleted, dark, bleak. They can have yeah. literally everything but feel death. Exactly. And I think that's such a um a wise thing to say. At least somebody else is driving, not me, because yeah. I have I have hope that there's a bigger picture, there's a Absolutely. bigger why. And hopefully yeah. maybe one day we'll be able to get a little bit of clarity or Absolutely. I don't know, like
0: Absolutely. something. You know what? It's true. My father said this to me one time. He's like you know your life is like a it's like a movie frame like it's a frame and you see things in a certain order, but then one day in years from now, you're gonna see more of it. You're gonna right. see a bigger picture, and you're gonna right. realize, oh my god, now I get it. But who knows right. when it's gonna be? So right now, all you see are these little little teeny parts, and you're like, how is this happening to me? This isn't right. This right. isn't the natural order of life. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Right. But you but have I'm to so- believe that there's Yes, there is going to be maybe not all the answers, but something, something that's going to give you clarity. It doesn't have to be now. Thank you so much for tuning in for the
1: first half of Malki's story. Stay tuned in the next few weeks. We will be releasing the second half of the story. A lot more courage and strength and overcoming challenges with her children, with herself, how to move forward. We will be also discussing her son's bar mitzvah and the first big milestone in Malki's life, in her children's life without her dear husband around. What was it like before, during, after, the support, the emotions, all of that we're going to be discussing in the upcoming episode. So stay tuned. It's not going to probably be next week. It's probably going to be in a week or two. We're going to be going into August with a few more episodes on grief because we are getting tremendous amount of feedback on how these episodes are helping those that are struggling with grief and whatever grief people are struggling with now. So, stay tuned. Share this episode if you know somebody that can use some support, some encouragement, some hope in their journey of grief. Thanks for listening. Bye till next time.
2: Grief is universally one of the more powerful, intense emotions. Some people, whether due to trauma, Or conditions like borderline personality disorder experience all of their emotions on the more intense end of the spectrum, which can be challenging without some support and guidance. For those who frequently experience emotional dysregulation or emotional sensitivity, there is an online dialectical behavior therapy skills solution. Dialectical Behavior Therapy skills, or DBT skills, are essentially emotional coping skills. Check out EmotionallySensitive.com for more information. They have weekly online psychoeducational DBT skills groups attended by students around the globe and co-facilitated by a licensed DBT-trained therapist and a DBT-trained certified life coach who is in recovery from borderline personality disorder herself. Please visit EmotionallySensitive.com to learn more and ask any questions you may have about their next program, which starts on July 27th. Enrollment closes at noon Pacific on Sunday, July 26th. Again. Visit us at EmotionallySensitive.com and we hope to have you in class with us very soon.
1: Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you're listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.